am not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello everybody, hello! Welcome to Series 2, Episode 4 of We Are All A Bit Mental. Or if you're feeling a wee bit pedantic, it is welcome to Episode 4 of Series 2 of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Lynn Ferguson and today, as always, I'm here with Chisney Oaks and Neil <laughs> Harrington. That's me. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm not Oaks. feeling pedantic. I just thought I'd get that in right now. No, no pedanticness. <laughs> is, that a, pedan- is that the right use of the tense? Pedanticness? Pedanticness. I don't uh, know. I, well, it depends. If you're really pedantic, it yeah. probably isn't. <laughs> Something we can be pedantic about, isn't depends it? Depends how pedantic you are, yeah. Oh, I really wish we hadn't gone down this road. <laughs> Squirrels, right? Anyway, this week's episode is the third of our Edinburgh Fringe run in conjunction with the Gilded Balloon. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. A bit of enthusiasm for the Gilded yeah. Balloon there. Way. Right? Woo-hoo. The Gilded Balloon. Woo-hoo. Way. Way. And our show topic for today is resilience. I have to say, if you've ever done an Edinburgh Fringe run at the Gilded Balloon, you need resilience. <laughs> Just, you you know like, all about it. <laughs> it's all about today, I'm going home early. And then two o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh, I didn't. Anyway, <laughs> joining us in a bit for a chat will be regular Fringe favourite. Well, he's certainly my favourite. Jack Doherty. Now, can I just say? Yeah. Sorry, I just have to say because I because I'm worried that there's some pedantic people listening, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, go on. That when I said he's my favourite rather than re- regular fringe favourite, <laughs> I wasn't actually meaning that he's not also a regular fringe favourite. I'm meaning that he's both. Just to cover my ass here for pedantic. Thank you people. for the clarification. Are you saying he's your favourite guest, like that we've ever had? Is that what you're saying? Because I'm saying he's my favourite guest in this episode. Oh, okay, good. Okay, I'm just I'm just being pedantic and and making sure that the oh, listeners are clear. Right. As yeah. the yeah. Jack will take that, <laughs> and we're also very lucky to have him because alongside this virtual appearance with us, he's actually going mm-hmm. up to Edinburgh and and doing a live show next week, right? As part of the Fringe Act yes. at yeah. the Gilded Balloon. So, um, well, he's probably there right now, Neil. If I'm being pedantic about it, because <laughs> this is going out in this is week happening now. Week yeah. Four, well, actually, it's episode four, so he's probably been there for a while. I don't need to be picky. He's on his way back. He's, <laughs> he's had plenty of nights out at the Gilded Balloon <laughs> by now. He can show us resilience. I'm uh, getting too laxy as well. I can't be asked to cut that out. We'll keep that in, shall we? There we go. Should we keep well, that in? All right. <laughs> Do you know, I feel it's the intimacy that we are getting with our listener <laughs> Thanks, Mum. <laughs> well, I'm loving the, the topic of, of resilience today. I was just having a little think about it when we were we were just setting up, um, thinking about we've got Jack coming on, because I thought it's, it's a great topic for for you two, for a start. I mean, Ches, Why for about, us? For you too? Well, maybe it's for anyone of a certain age, because we've had so much practice of it. But I was going to explain, I was just going to say... You know, Ches, your your career, you you had to embrace resilience and figure it out uh, for many years. And 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 Lynn, you you know, you, you've had a, a a fight with the big C going on, haven't you, for a few years? And you know, resilience with that. So I think you two are just a, 
a great example of resilience. There you go. There's the hot oh, potato. Pick that look up. Look at that. <laughs> and you, <laughs> twen- hang on a minute, Neil, 20 years in a dark studio. Yeah. I think you could be in our little gang. Yeah. The resilient squirrels. But the, only, the 20 years in the dark studio, that was for the bank robbery, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and they took all the money, so I didn't even get to benefit from it anyway. So uh, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even worth it. Well, that, I, I guess that's it, isn't it? I suppose what, what we We've just said is when you get to our age, you've had enough life experiences that you've had to learn about resilience and and figure it out. I guess so. I mean, we've we've all kind of been through all sorts of things and had to, you know, be knocked back um, and had to dust ourselves off and get back up and and get back on the tightrope, haven't we? I mean, yeah, yeah. Put on many our crazy times. Nose. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think that resilience is one of those words that's very underused. Right, because like the reason I like it as a topic is that often when we're feeling negative, we see ourselves as being boring or um, like uninteresting or moaning on about the same thing. Right, yeah. like so I, I send this out actually. I mean, like I was really lucky in my battle. Well, I didn't even have a battle. I had a sort of arm wrestle with cancer, to be honest, <laughs> a couple of times, and it keeps coming back, going, "Come on!" And I'm like, "Yeah, come on!" But. Um, but I haven't really dealt with, like, I feel that people who are dealing with um, anxiety and depression, right? Mm. Or people who have, like, Crohn's or people who are dealing with lupus yeah. or, you know, like, there are a whole load of these really debilitating um, illnesses yeah. that um, can make a person feel like they're not achieving anything. And mm. I would like to bring back this word resilience to the table because I mm. feel like... Um, that it's maybe a question to add or to ask yourself when you're in that place where you're feeling things are really dark and you're like, God, I'm a boring, miserable bastard. Then hmm. can you also put resilience in there? Can you go, well, am I a resilient, boring, boring. miserable bastard? Because <laughs> if you are, you've got one good one, right? Yeah. So I just I, th- I think that it would be good for people to see that, that what they're what they're struggling with shows their strength mm. rather than their weakness. Yeah, and longevity is kind of a similar uh, topic, isn't it, I guess, yeah. with re- resilience? Because it's like you just, you know, those people that just, you know, keep going, keep going, and yeah. uh, are there at the, at the finish line, as it were, are still standing, as it were. <laughs> I remember Darren Day, when I first met Darren Day, and he was like, we're still standing, Hawks, we're still standing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I never forgot him saying that. It's funny. Uh, I think, um, <laughs> an interesting flip to what you just said, though, is um, remember when we were chatting with... Who was it? Oh, no, I can't talk about that because it's not something we've aired yet. God, you Next really are episode. taking away the magic this morning. I know. Yeah? You're taking away the magic. <laughs> Next you're going to tell me that Santa doesn't exist, you miserable wee shite. I think we're about to meet him. <laughs> 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 um, right, so I'll read Okay, Neil, it. this all has to stay in. To go. All of it has to stay in, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, look, it's been um, a busy week, right? Let's it say. shows your resilience, my wee friend, right? Because evidently, me and Chesney are running you ragged. You don't even know <laughs> what episode you're on, right? And I had absolutely no idea I was going along with you, Neil. I was like, well, let's see if time travelled, I mean. <laughs> you were busy being pretty, weren't you, yeah. Chesney? 
yeah, you've been exactly. the pretty one. And, and uh, we've now gone round in so many circles, I've got no idea where the edit point is, what we do, what was included, <laughs> what's a past episode, what's future. So I told I you you're going to keep it all in, mate. And I, I, Well, the, the great thing is I've been saved by the bell because the tick has come on, which means Yay. that Jack is so thank <laughs> for that, timing-wise. <laughs> Thanks for Jack. It really was going tits up. So on that note... See for yourself, love. <laughs> what that means is that right after the sting, we will be joined by writer, actor, presenter and producer and all-round funny man, Jack Doherty. So we will see you all on the other side Woo! of the sting with Jack. Hey. Woohoo! Jack Doherty, oh. here he comes. Oh, Jack, oh, Jack Doherty! Oh. Oh, I'm throwing my pants in the air. Hello. <laughs> so you can hear me. I'm just checking because I'm an old person. I'm going to check my mic. Yes. Oh, we can we hear can you perfectly. Hear me. I can see it. See, I can see you all. Look at you in Los I Angeles. Know. Are you still? I know. Are you upstairs in that bit where I was? Ten no. years ago, no, you moved. No, I've moved to a different house and ah. I have chickens and everything now. It's chickens. totally different. I do have chickens. Where are you? Now. Are you out in the country? I'm in, still the, in um, No. I'm so, still in LA. Yeah. In, uh, the magical kingdom of Van Nuys. But Van Nuys. was that that wasn't okay. ten years ago that you were here? Well, no, money, it probably it? wasn't. It was probably it was probably about eight though. It was probably no yeah, it was probably twenty twelve. Yeah. Jeez. Me and me and Murray, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got no sense of time yeah, yeah. because yeah, of, like because of the twenty twenty thing as well, right? Where I'm like what it's year are we in? Away, I know. <laughs> I've still got my COVID beard. I've still got my <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what the f- Look like. <laughs> Do you know? I think you're a little bit like a sexy Santa. I need to say something. I have to say, it's a bit. Do you know that thing they do in New York, like two weeks before Christmas, where everyone goes around dressed as Santa and elves? Have you ever been there? Yeah, yes. And I happened to be in New York that weekend, and I had a much bigger than this. And I was going down an elevator into the into the underground, and this really drunk guy suddenly just went, "Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> Santa, this little elf, and he clung to me. <laughs> so, yes, but um, thank you for throwing in the word sexy, Santa. Santa's tough, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It means you're very giving. Yes, exactly, exactly. So do you know Neil and Chesney? You know, do you know them I know, both? well, we, Neil, Neil and I go back to, way back to yesterday. Two days? Oh, two, <laughs> yesterday, yeah, one day. Yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chesney, obviously, I'm aware of Chesney and uh, yes. the admirer of his work, but I don't, I, we've never met, no. No, I don't believe so we have. have. No. Hello there. Oh. No, we've never crossed paths. No, it's kind of weird. No. I, I yeah, feel yeah. like we should have, but we have now, so we, we've rectified we now, the situation. Exactly. So hey, there. maybe Chesney was the elf. <laughs> yeah. Daddy! <laughs> At least he'd heard of you and he didn't have to do the old, do you know who I think I am routine? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know who I think I used to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because the topic for this episode, thanks for coming on, by the way. Um, Not at the, all. Thanks uh, for having yeah. me. Oh, no, we love you. Actually, <laughs> you, when your name came up, everybody went, oh, Jack Doherty, isn't that nice, right? Nice. And not even yeah. in a sexy Santa way. Yeah, everybody just, just went, oh, God, we love <laughs> The topic that we thought for this show was resilience, all right? And yeah. one, two reasons. Yes. One, because uh, you've been along, uh, you've been around forever in the Hi. best way possible, right? But like you, yes. Right? <laughs> But yeah. also, the other thing that I think about you with resilience is that your friendships you've had forever. You, like, yes. like you absolutely people have been friends for how long now? Well, in, a, in an industry that I mean, um, yeah. everybody yeah, shoots sure. each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. 
I know it's weird because we work with people who, you know, who we thought were the closest friends and suddenly they're only speaking to each other through lawyers and all that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> no. but, uh, that, that was just the guy. 80s, wasn't but, it? Yeah, wasn't that yeah, just yeah, the 80s? <laughs> but we've kind of survived it. But, I mean, I'm kind of late to that group because I, I met them when I was like 18. When I so they were at five. The two Murray and Pete have been friends since they were five. No shit, yeah, really? Yeah. So they've yeah, I've been mean, yeah, That's all their lives incredible. basically. Because obviously they're now in their sixties. I'm not, of course. No, but, uh, you're a forty-year-old sexy youngster, Santa. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all five years older. So you had a full five years yeah. to kind of gloat that you're still in your fifties. Exactly. So. Every decade, I've just had a little bit. You know, it's like oh, I'm still in my twenties. <laughs> Once we're in our seventies and eighties, it's not going to matter, really, is it? <laughs> they won't remember who you are anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I met them when I was thirteen at school, and they were all they were all big. Well, you know how little Murray is, Lynn. You know. I was, I was looking up to him. Like. <laughs> he's lovely, he Murray. There's a thing, whenever I see Murray, I yeah. always think I should knit him a sweater. Yes. Which I don't think is something. <laughs> no, but you should. <laughs> it's because I see him and I go, oh, yeah. I want to knit him a sweater. No, he'd yeah. absolutely, he would love that. And even just gloves. Yeah, my sister actually did knit him some gloves. So You see, he has see? that effect on people, yeah. right? Where it's like people it see him and they think knitwear. Exactly. Tom Daly right now is sitting poolside. <laughs> Lynn meets people and either, want, either wants to make them uh, some kind of knitwear or make them a quiche. That's it's, it's yes. e either of those two things. Even <laughs> those two things. That, that's true, right? That oh. is true. Or, or I'll give them vegetables. Just to fill the listeners in in case they don't know. So, Jack, we're talking about the fact that you've worked in, uh, you've had a production company, there's been a group of you, right? And you've had this production company yes. for what, over 20, 25 years now, Absolutely Productions, uh, is that right? Yeah, I think we set up in 89 for our first television So that's show, more than 25 years then, I hate to say. So you, that's you know, more than that's, 25, that's, that's more like yeah. 30. 30 something, yeah. Shoot. I never professed yeah, my math. 30 good, something. Sorry, but, yeah. yeah, that was for Channel 4, back in the day where you just, you know, you, um, you were sort of, if you sold your show, you were given to a production company and then we said, well, why don't we just do it ourselves? Because otherwise we've got to, you know, run everything by these people we don't know. But to be fair, there was a lot of absolutely scripts that were difficult on the page. Things like John Sparks will hold his knee whilst humming green sleeves. And, <laughs> That's funny to me. <laughs> and he will move his knee backwards and forwards like this. And executives would go, sorry, and you're wanting money <laughs> to film this. <laughs> And we go, yeah, honestly, it's funny. And then John Sparks would do it. And we go, oh, yeah, it's funny because John Sparks is doing it. But it's often the way with comedy, isn't it? You, you guys know that. Totally. It just, you know. But also your style of comedy was, was actually really, it's still different, but it, it, like, it was very unusual at the time. You know, it was quite yeah. sort of groundbreaking. You know, we had like Shadwell, who's yeah. a Welsh, even who yeah. even knew? Welsh comedy, you, right? Know, Welsh comedy. <laughs> there was Max Boyce and then <laughs> yeah. many years until John Sparks. Yeah. Hey, and now Peppa Pig, is he Peppa, not involved in Peppa Pig? Yeah, as is Morwenna. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know Yeah, Morwenna is Mrs. P is Mummy Pig. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah, yeah. there was a big scandal yeah. here in... Uh, oh, was uh, yeah. Oh, was this well, everybody talking scandal, English? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's well, got English accents. Is that? Yeah. All that these one? little American kids are watching so much Peppa Pig that they're, they're developing English accents. Ooh. Yeah. So rude. Isn't that funny? That is so funny. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Marwenna. I hope she got a car. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So what do you think is the? Is there a secret to uh, having friendships for so long? 
How how do you do it? Well, I think um, I think again we were friends before we worked together. So I guess that that's um, I think that's always key. And then when you're working together, to always split. I think split credit. It's interesting when you look at the bands that survive a long time. They're generally the ones that just kind of go. Well, we're, we've all you know all four will get the credit. You know, like oh, all for one, one for all. People. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though uh, some people are writing more at different times, and they kind of REO Speed that. Foreigner and those kind REO of guys. Speed yeah. Foreigner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like that. We always just, um, you know, we always just gave everybody, everybody had the same credit, and everybody had the same money. Even though Gordon did a lot less than everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny, we've got um, Gordon on next week, so we'll yeah. ask him all about it. <laughs> Next, yeah. <laughs> Jack said, he will, yeah, yeah. He will. "Don't worry, Gordon can look after." Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're at the Fringe this year, right? I am. Can I ask you? Because yes. people ask how many times I've done the Fringe, and I've kind of I lost count. Yeah, how many times? I, have you not done? actually as many as people would think. Really? I did 1980 to 85, so probably only about eight or nine times. Right. Um, yeah, because I did it. Uh, as a group with the guys who became absolutely we did it from 80 to 85 and Murray and I did it a couple of times as a double act or three times maybe and then I didn't go back for something like 25 years from 93 until 2018 and then I went back in 2018 on the back of doing this show I do in Scotland called Scott Squad about the Scottish police force so I did a little bit in character um so yeah not actually um, as often you must have how many times I, have you I don't know I did my last fringe and oh, yeah. well I mean it depends because I've written some yeah yeah like and then not really I've not performed there so oh. like I, the last fringe I did was 2008 yeah but okay. then I wrote some plays so they've yeah. been on there yes. I don't know a couple of times if yeah. I said to you how many times have you done the fringe um and that includes just going there to drink. Then, yeah. <laughs> every year. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> then that's pretty much every Because that's year. another thing about resilience, which is <clears throat> that people start yes. the fringe and they're all healthy, but, but and yeah. then and week oh. one is all about hopeful. Everybody's hopeful. I know. Week one, oh, maybe this is the year. <laughs> this is the year. <laughs> week know. two. Week two, then people are like, they're never coming. They're never getting a review. Yeah. I hate that person. I don't like yeah. my venue. I'm firing my management. Right by week three, it's like people are either like flying high, or they're yeah. like, "I hate this. I'm going to become mm. a bus conductor. Yeah. I don't even know if bus conductors yeah. still exist." Right, and then by week four, they're going home and they're going, going home "I'm going to do it again home. next year." Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it is. Yeah, like being in the war, it becomes the greatest days of your life. You know, when you all meet up. But it's all. But it's the same with the drinking and the resilience. Yeah. Of resilience of drinking, yeah. Drinking, you know, <laughs> I mean, when you were younger, you would, that, that, did you ever get involved in that dead hour between when the gilded balloon closed and then the Penny Black, which was the, <laughs> which was the pub on the east end of Princess Street that opened for the, for the night shift postal workers. Right. <laughs> and so you'd go in there and there'd be 20 French performers, 14 <laughs> Begbies who'd been up all night looking for drugs, and the postal guys. But there was a dead hour, so you had to walk really, really slowly sauntering through oh. Edinburgh until the Penny Black opened at like half five or six in the morning. And one time, uh, Murray Hunter and Nick Hancock, <laughs> you might remember Nick, seriously yeah, tried to take a room in the Caledonian Hotel <laughs> for, an for an hour <laughs> so they could have the mini ball. That doesn't seem like an hourly rate motel. There's five star and they're literally going, it's honestly, we'll be fine, we just need to get in there. 
Just we'll give you all the money we've got. We just need the mini pot. That is resilience. Oh, that is resilience. That is resilience. You know, just sit down for an hour and, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that will be happening this time. For <laughs> Didn't you get a um, uh, Perrier no- nomination? We did, back in the day, uh, 80, 1984 and 1985, and we didn't win. <laughs> so, oh. so, but nomination's good. And one year we lost to Theatre de Complicité. I don't know if you've ever seen any oh, of their... Oh, they were yeah. kind of amazing. They yeah, went they on to, you know, obviously just, you know... They yeah, triumphed. they didn't have their own, yeah, they they didn't were, have I, their own production company, though. Right? Know, They're not filming exactly. Scots. They just went on to own the National Theatre forever. Yeah, right. And that yeah. show that they won with, I, I must have gone to seen it about seven times. It was so good. But the year before, we lost out to a comedy brass band, and that was a tougher pill to swallow. Oh, goodness oh, me. Yeah, that <laughs> kind of humorous oh, oompa band. <laughs> That's an insult. It's like opening up for you a know? puppet show, isn't it? No. Exactly. <laughs> it kind of shows you, you know, that was prior to, it kind of became a stand-up award, as you know. Uh, yeah, as it, it went on, but yeah, but in the 80s up until about 89. That, so, the year we were up, you know, there was the Frank Chickens, which were a Jap, a, a, two Japanese oh, women, I remember, remember them, them and yeah. the Hank Wangford bands, and yeah. uh, you know, Theatre de Complicity. So, it was kind of a slightly more variety back in those days, but um, yeah, I was, actually had a thing, not a thing thing with Hank Wangford, not a not thing. 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 No, no. It's an no, interesting name one, that. Before you tell the story, I don't want to steal your thunder, but can we just <laughs> get the max out of that name because it's mm. fun? Hank, Hank Wangford. Wangford. Hank <laughs> it's funny when you know he was a country and western yeah. band, really, he did, and he yeah. was a gynecologist. He was Hank a gynecologist. He was a gynecologist. Oh, really? Dr. Sam Hutt. Is that really what he's Yeah, name? that's his name. And he's, if you, I mean, someone has to do his life story because. He has anecdotes because he was he was like Doctor Robert, you know, and the Beatles. Yeah. So he was. Oh, he was. He was the one of the, the drugs guys, guys in the sixties, oh. and he was the doctor at one of the uh, Isle of Wight festivals, and he had to give the Grateful Dead placebos because they thought <laughs> they were getting drugs, and he just just stabbed placebos into their arse. So he's got this image of you know Grateful Dead wow. Garcia, whatever his name, doing all that kind of stuff, and then <laughs> he thought he was finished, and he dropped a tab of acid, and then the crowd started shouting for Dylan, and in his <laughs> His brain was soup, and he thought he thought two hundred fifty thousand people were shouting "Doctor, Doctor." <gasps> and he thought there was a quarter of a million people waiting to see him. <laughs> <laughs> what Did he jump on stage? <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then he went. That so, is a lot of vaginas to yeah, sort. That is, that, is a bad day, that is a bad day at the surgery, isn't it? Yeah. And then he, he worked in the royal household, and then he went to Colorado and worked the cowboys for years, and. Yeah, and then he ran that wellness clinic in Seoul. He was an enigma. I, mean, I, I haven't That's seen him for years. <laughs> and then he ran that wellness clinic in Seoul. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant bolt-on to that list of achievements. Can you tell me more about the wellness clinic in Seoul <laughs> yeah. and how that worked out for him? I, it, it was purely for the wellness of women, so I know, I know nothing. I think it was more vaginas, Lynn. I was more right. vaginas. More, right. more vaginas. Have, yeah, have a yeah. lovely purse to get in. That's yeah, exactly. Dad Chesney actually is another one with resilience because he's been friends with his band for how long? Well, funny enough, similar to uh, what Jack was saying about um, his group of merry men, is that they were together, um, the Tremolos, uh, long before oh, Dad ever joined. Yeah, so they, I think they formed in like the late 50s with Alan Blakely and um, Dave Munden on drums and Rick Westwood on guitar. But And they had a guy called Brian Poole singing. And so they, they had yeah. like a whole 
uh, time uh, before. They even had hits. They had hits with, uh, you know, yeah. someone loves you, someone. And they, so uh, Dad didn't join until 1964. So he, when he came along, he was kind of like the young upstart, like you were, Jack. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he obviously, yeah, in the same way. And then it became, did it become Brian Poole and the Tremolos? Did for, or yes, Dad joined uh, when it was Brian Poole and the Tremolos yeah. as the bass player. And then Brian decided yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that apparently groups were out uh, on their way out right. in 1964. And um, this is yeah. before, just as the Beatles. So yeah, yeah. he said Exactly. Groups were out and uh, it's all about solo uh, solo singers. So he, he left them um, apparently backstage in a gig in Dagenham or something. And uh, Dad d- just said, "Well, I'll I'll sing," you know. So they just he just yeah, stepped okay. forward as the lead singer, and and that was it. And then Brian Paul um, became a, bu- a butcher in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still now he's really good friends with Dad. They they actually uh, okay. they actually play together, and so so Uncle Brian is like is basically right, right. my Dad's best mate now, you know. But there were many many right. years that they weren't uh, friends, but now they're back together again. There so. you go. Once again, resilience. Yeah. But to stick in that industry in a band and still have a friendship all those years later is probably quite a rare... Well, there was a lots and lots of ups and downs. Things. I think any band that had success from, oh. from the early days when they were kind of all ripped off <laughs> and, you know, together, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were ups and downs and there were lawsuits and, uh, you know, they came through it all and, beca- and you know, stayed mates ever, all the way through and now, you know, half of them aren't, aren't with us anymore. So mm. and That's kind of the days when it was... It's a bit like being a footballer, you know, if, unless you were one of the really big ones. You know, you had to, you had a career after, like you were saying, Brian Poole becoming a butcher, you know. All these footballers who were become publicans or, you know, you read about the English foot, World Cup winning team, you know, one of them's an undertaker, one of them, you know. I know. Although now there's probably more, there's more yes. use for undertakers than publicans, yeah, which yeah, is exactly. uh, a... The, there's me bringing the cheery. Yeah, <laughs> Way to raise our spirits, Lynn. I'm always looking for And the COVID silver lining is it's been very good business for undertakers. Oh, my God. Right. One of the things that I really respect about you is that, uh, that there was a point that happened in your career where I just thought if it had happened to me, it would have blown my mind. I would have, I would have actually gone and worked in Dickens and Jones. I would have like, <laughs> <back>. like. Be- <laughs> well, I just, I think that the, there was the time when you had the show on Channel Five, the Jack Doherty show, yeah, which yeah. I loved. I loved that as well. And actually, I think if it was a different time, because I could sort of yes. see you doing I, as I come over here and working late well, of night. Course. Oh my God, you, Jack Doherty would have totally, totally it, worked over here, right? Um, yeah, no, and you're very stylish and, yeah. and polished and lovely. But you had that, and then that's when Graham Norton yeah, yeah. came in and he looked after your show for, what, two weeks or something? He would, more than that, he would come in... Ah, he would... St- one of his regular stand-ins, so... Yeah, yeah. who's lovely. Yeah. I love yeah, Graham Norton. Yes, and he is the best at it, I think, currently in our country. No, no, it's different. It's a different style from yeah. the Americans. He's also grown he's into it, I think, because he's been doing it for yeah. so long now, Jack. That he's like he's become yeah, kind of elder statesman yeah. in that in that realm, hasn't and he? He also he marshals it so well, and he's not actually he doesn't really have that ego where he does want to make it all about yeah. himself. I know that, and certainly when I was doing, it, I was a bit 
when's the guest going to stop talking and uh, it'll be my turn. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get to talk about me? <laughs> a bit more about me. Whereas Gra- Graham is very, but... Uh, yeah. But you mean, I suppose you're referring to Graham then winning the best newcomer. You think that? Yeah. Yeah, for that. Yeah. For your show. He for, won yes. the best newcomer for the Jack Doherty yes. show. And that was probably my mistake because they did phone me up and go, do I mind that they're putting him up for the same show? Because was, they were going to put him up for another show he was doing. Bring me the head of light entertainment. I did that with yeah, him. Yeah, well, there I you go. So he could easily, he could just have won it for that. So I suppose yeah. I yeah. should have said, actually, again, it's like a showbiz thing. I, a lot of people probably would have gone, no, well, of course not. He could go yeah. up for his other show. And then it wouldn't have been a story in that way. But um, I think, you know, had I wanted to be a chat show host, then I, yeah. I think that probably would have been quite difficult to to show resilience through. Had that been yeah. the thing I wanted to do, but because it was a thing I just fell into and was only ever going to do for two years, it wasn't yeah. you know, it wasn't so bad, to be honest. How did you handle it afterwards? Were you okay about it or did it break you? Um no, I mean it didn't really no, I didn't it wasn't like, oh god, I can't go to work this. I just carried on. So so not hugely, no. Not yeah. as not as much as people maybe would, would have thought it would have been. Um it's what it's more many years later where you go, yeah, oh, when so you look annoying back. when it comes up. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that I mind this coming up now. But often you'll get, you know how everyone's, got, you know, on everybody's wiki page or whatever, there'll be one thing you're going, why are they concentrating on oh, that? Oh, God, you know, yeah. It's, it's the old Ur-Willy joke. Willie the Musical, you yeah. do it because you get one yeah, mortgage yeah. payment to do and before <laughs> so, you know it, you're in Willie the Musical. Well, it's the old joke. It's, you know, it'd be Shepherd for one day, isn't it? Suck one c- you know, it's that <laughs> yeah, one sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, again, it didn't bring me because it wasn't um, what I... The things that... When I've written a sitcom or something that hasn't worked, that's the things that get oh, to me I and annoy you. me. You know what I mean? Because that, that's what I really want to do and I want to have written a classic or, you know, I yeah. want to have done a good acting performance. You know? So... Um, it was always something I was dicking around in, so it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, to be honest. One of the things that I think is, uh, like, particularly with mental health, mm. that everybody struggles with, is yeah. the idea of what is failure, or how do you yes. get over failure. And actually what's hilarious about failure is it's so freaking personal, yes. right? Like people can go, oh, did you? Do you mean that you yeah, failed yeah. when that happened? And you go, no, I I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Thanks very much for reminding me. <laughs> yeah. Or did you? Did you feel fail like failure when this happened? No, no, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But we we all have these ones where we have to um, pick yeah. ourselves up. Yeah, again. that's it. It's, it's the things that you care about so much that really hurt. Yeah. I thought for a while of pitching a book to do a memoir because I was going through, you know, the um, W. Smith or whatever, and all these. You know, smiling faces yeah. of all these people. To have one that just had failure, you know? <laughs> My face smiling there. But you just do all the t- title of the book, of a memoir that you only, and but a serious one that you do concentrate on all those big, terrible moments throughout your life and what you've learned from yeah. them. And, you know, from failed marriages to, I still wake up in a cold sweat because I was 11 and I scored an own goal the last minute of the Inspector's <gasps> Cup semi-final. And our school got knocked out. And I tried to save it, and I hit the bar in the last minute. To equal, and it's still every now and again. I go, no, no. I totally 48 get years later. You picked yourself yeah. up, dust yourself up. Got back again. Yeah. Well, actually, that's the one I didn't recover from. I got dropped, and I never played again. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> we brought it all back. I just think a big smiling picture, a big smiling face. with, with uh, Just a book called Failure might be, might, it might be good. I don't know. 
don't know. Unless someone's done it, I don't know. Yeah. Lessons are learned. When I look back in my own failures, <laughs> the things that have made me more resilient, I'm not saying that I love mm. failure, but actually um, I'm, I'm less frightened of it now. Mm. As I'm older, yeah. I'm not so scared of failing because yeah. um, you're like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Do you find, um, like, with the, with the nature of failure, have you ever been afraid of failure, apart from the 11-year-old uh, own goal thing? Do you think that that maybe oh, taught you not to be no, afraid? Uh, I, no, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I am afraid of failure, definitely. And I think occasionally I haven't taken risks I should have because I've thought in advance, oh, it might not work, you know. Um, so that has to be. Uh, that has to be a fear of failure, you know, and sometimes you want to manage your own failure. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, so the job that you both, you and Lynn, cho have chosen, like, is, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, you must have yeah. both bombed on stage at times and had the worst times. I mean, oh. it, it's not exactly the easiest path, yeah. is it? No, you're going to get judged and you're going to get reviewed, aren't you? Let's face yeah. it, and you're probably yeah. not going to like what is yeah. said. you get judged and you get reviewed and you get reviewed by audiences live as it's happening. And, and none of us, nobody, Eric Morecambe has died in his arse. Nobody in the world... Yeah has not gone through it. And so, but that's where, I, when I was younger, I would hate the the uh, the bad crits, you know, when I was 23, 24. I found yeah. that tough. I was much more sensitive. But as you go on, you just realise it's, you know, it's just a whole bunch of opinions. I did one show that one year, it was called Mr. Don and Mr. George, followed absolutely one year. It was in oh, the I best of, that. yeah, it was in the best of list in The Observer and the worst of list in the other uh, journalist yeah. and you kind of go well that well there you go that just says it all and that's it? just what it is so i but i've definitely got, i've got better as i've got older to uh, maybe taking more risks in terms of what i'm trying to do like the show i'm doing at the fringe it's a bit more serious you know and i've never really is done it that really before. tell me about well it's quasi it's quasi serious it's you know it's a you know it's a it's a monologue it's a play you know about me and again i'll put in my inverted commas there um, <laughs> pursuing a woman you know the the, the conceit is that I did my show in 2018 only to reconnect with a woman I had an affair with 30 years previously. But then yeah. in the play, it leads to me actually reconnecting with my daughter. So it's still a comedy, but it's just, you know, it's got a, a few more of the big things. It's yeah. a bit like the thing, your fish play many years ago. Oh, when, heart and soul. When, when right. you fell in love, the, falling in love with the fish thing. Yeah, so, right. You know. God, that was funny. You know, yeah. it's funny, the things that stick in your mind about uh, failure, just as you were talking there about dying yeah. on stage. Yeah. The one that sticks for me is I remember I was doing a play somewhere, so I was feeling very proud of myself. Yeah. And after and after the play, I was going to do a late night comedy gig. Yeah. And I died on my arse. Like, I, they really didn't want me there. They really didn't. There was no laughs, nothing. They ignored me. Oh, no, me. that's not the brutal bit. That's not All the brutal right. bit. The brutal <laughs> bit is... Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's just there's nothing more delightful. Oh, there's nothing more yeah, delightful yeah, yeah. than other comedian stories. You'd be extremely selective with your schadenfreude, Jack Doherty. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's a bit more selective. I'm sharing. It's, it's empathy. I, I assure you it's empathy. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. No, it's when they, they look at you, they see you're there, they decide that they're, you're not worth listen to and then they just carry on talking right oh. so it was 20 minutes of that or else you just don't get paid so rude. but the brutal part was that i did my 20 minutes i was like okay i'm a professional and then as i was walking off stage someone had spilled a drink and i slid and i fell oh. completely on my ass oh. and oh. that didn't even get a laugh like, <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh it's just right, that stage you don't for a while. actually yeah. exist. Yeah. You don't even get a comedy ambulance for one, do you? Really? <laughs> no. 
my God. But sometimes these things help you. I remember I saw way in the early days, Joe Brand, who was a good friend of Pete Bakey's, another absolutely mm. guy. And so we were down, I can't remember, some comedy club in London. And so she was quite early in her career and she had a very, very sing-song delivery, you might remember. And it was always mm. up and then down. I wouldn't mm. say my pants are big, but they have their own postal code. You know, that yeah. kind mm. of rhythm. Yeah. Somebody in the audience suddenly realised was like the guy who does the football scores. Right. And yeah. so she would go, I wouldn't say my pants are big, Wolverhampton Wanderers, three. <laughs> and of course, that just encouraged the audience. And there's nothing... In that moment, there's nothing you can do. So for no. the rest of the set, Arsenal, five. And, and people just shouted at football scores. And, and you just want to tell them to f*** off, of course, you? you just want to tell them to f*** off. Oh. But the resiliency, but through that, you learn, okay, well, I've got to slightly change my delivery, you know? And yeah. you just become a better performer because of it. Yeah, you learn, so, you learn. Yeah, exactly. But Lynn, what do you do when you die on, as you said, when you die on your ass on stage for 20 minutes? Yeah. They, I mean, you painted the picture so well. <laughs> so what did you do for that 20 minutes? I, I carried on talking, right? Like, there's a thing about when you go through the motions of stuff. And I think it's a similar, I don't mean to uh, connect it, but I think it, that there is something... That one of the things I love about people is resilience, but it can also be the most painful. There is a script that we have in our heads that how we get on with life. And, mm. and when we are up and everything's good and stuff is magic, then we get the festoons and the lovely cakes and the fireworks. Yeah. But yeah. actually, even when you're feeling shitty, you still get up and put your pants on. And I, mm. and I have to say that in some days in my life, like as I'm sure everybody... The, <laughs> the most I can console myself with is I get up and I go, right, do I have my pants on? Mm -hmm. I do. Have I washed my face? Yes. <laughs> am I sober? I am. All these three things are good. I am achieving, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that when you are doing stand-up and people are not listening, then literally you go to that go-to place, which yeah. is, well, you know, actually this isn't personal. It's not like they have they haven't come round to my house and decided that yeah. they want to like shit in my carpet. They just don't yeah. really want me and they have a right to do that because yeah, yeah. they're human beings. Yeah, yeah but when I whenever I've experienced that and I have done, uh seen a comedian dying or the room not, not interested and not not many people, I feel so uncomfortable. Like I feel like mm. I but then Lynn, you've said this about me in the past, I'm a bit of a people pleaser and I just like I hate to yeah. see people like you know, you just don't like anybody in pain. I don't. Like, I like don't. People. So I'm, I, I find myself kind of like laughing, even if the jokes weren't funny. <laughs> I think it's quite interesting for us yes. because obviously all four have performed. You guys do your stand up. You know, I'm a DJ. Chess has played for years, and so we all know what it's like to be standing there with a spotlight on us and for it to go tits up. Yeah. I know completely. Yeah. I've been there. So, totally. To someone that hasn't done performing in their life, they might not have even. You know, just uh, thought it. about that dynamic before, yeah. and uh, so maybe just us talking about it is an interesting thing to hear because uh, as you've it helps uh, you grow as a performer. Yeah. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Absolutely, you've played to no one in an audience. I've emptied dance floors. You know, we've all we've all <laughs> yeah. done it at the end of the day, and it's <laughs> horrific. Don't they say that making a public speak is everybody who's not a performer? It's the like the second most stressful thing, or or the top most thing oh, really? that everybody ticks that box that I cannot speak in public. That it's terrifying. Yeah. I see it though in like if you've ever gone to well, I'm guessing before COVID we'd all go to restaurants, but you go to a restaurant and you'd have like <laughs> a, a waitress dealing with a bunch of douchebags. 
right? Yeah. And and the, it's exactly that same resilience where they're like, aha, uh-huh, sure, you want maple syrup on your fish. Sure, mm-hmm. you do. You know, yeah. like still smiling, keeping it going. I think it is something very beautiful about yes. humankind is how we manage to sustain something mm. even when life yeah. isn't going our way, you know. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger and all that. And you only know that if you've got your pants on and you've washed and your face and, you've, and yeah. you're sober, yeah. right? But I moved to London, I just, I was 20, and I just answered an ad in the Evening Standard and ended up living, living in Earl's Court. And then I went out that night drinking and I thought, this is crazy. Everyone told me London was so unfriendly and it would took me about three pubs to realise I was in the gay area. Was, <laughs> oh, right. Have a drink, mate. I went, oh, right, I get it. I get it. But then in my first weeks of laundry, I had, I, I'd done my laundry and then I did it in the, you know, the tumble dry and I took it out and somehow I managed to transport back somebody else's gold jock strap. And it just we hung it on the wall and it just and it took about a month before I finally just went, Do you know what? I'm gonna put that <laughs> jock strap on. <laughs> I don't care who's who's it is where it's been. Put, put it up. There you go. Have a, have a go on that. So it's somewhere. There's a very old homosexual somewhere in London going, whatever happened <laughs> to my gold lammy jockstrap. So then what would you say in terms of resilience and all that has been your greatest challenge? What has been your hardest to get up from? Because, like, really, we are a sort of upbeat thing and we are just <laughs> three people yes. messing about with uh, mental health and all that, but it is a... a uh, show about mental yeah. health, like so. Um, so I ask you that in a mental healthy way. What has been your greatest challenge? Well, I actually, um, in terms of resilience, I haven't got there yet in resilience. I, I, I started running again about I don't know, eight years ago. I was carrying too much weight, you know, and also to tie with mental health, I do find that you know, exercise, the endorphins. You can't even if you hate the idea of having a run. At the end of it, you're always. That's that. I just yeah. feel brilliant now. I feel brilliant. Absolutely. Um, and, but I hadn't run for a very long time. And I, I went out, and there's this, where I live in London, there's this circuit called the Two Bridges from Kew to Chiswick. And it's about, it's 5K. And I went out, and for my first run, it took me 46 minutes. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> so anybody who runs 5K knows that that's, that's quite so. <laughs> the resilience was, I thought, well, I'm going to get this down to 23. That will be, I'll half that time. And I've, only, I've got it to 27. So I don't, and I don't think now that I'm in my late 50s, I can, I can actually shave off that four minutes. But I'm sort of, I don't want to give up. You no. know? Mm. Even if I never make it, you know, it's good to have that target. So how many years has that been that's, alive for, Jeff? That's probably, we're talking about 10 years, probably since that first run. So, but I'm getting, you know, it's still all right to get it down to where I've got it down to, but I don't, it's a distant dream now, I think. I think. Well, you don't have to be Usain Bolt. Do you know what I mean? You can just no, be. Exactly. You can just be you. As you said, Bolt says, realistic targets. You must always just have, don't aim for the Olympics when it's, it's the under-11 school race, you know, you've got a realistic targets each time. That's what I thought when I fell in my ass and still didn't get alive. <laughs> yeah. It's not a realistic target either. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that is the secret of resilience. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah, it yeah. is that the, um, the, the nature of it is that when something happens, you question whether the direction you were moving in was the right mm. one for you anyway. Like, because with the chat show thing, yeah, yeah. I actually would have been a little gutted in a way if you'd, 
only just done the chat show because I, I I love yeah. watching particularly you and Murray performing yeah. always makes me laugh yeah. and I saw a clip of the the police show that you do yes on YouTube and it's the uh, one about um being politically correct oh yes like there's a whole, oh it's apologising yeah to, to every yeah. and yes. what I, what I really yeah. liked about it is because we've had we've had discussions on this show where I've argued about the right of being I I am very pro on using the right words for yes. things yeah, yeah. for things I like it but what I really love about that um that situation is that you can see the guy the, the character yes. struggling yeah, yeah, it's very much about his inadequacy, completely, yeah. rather than the the yeah. words. It's lovely. yeah, completely. You're not you're not actually knocking. It's not it's not a uh, oh this is ridiculous uh, that we have to say all this kind of stuff. It's him trying to deal with the bureaucracy, trying to deal with the new world, and actually wanting to do it quite well, yeah. but just getting yeah. it wrong. But that's an um, interesting just... stretch because a lot of people took it as a oh at last somebody's having a go at political correctness. You know you're in trouble when Piers Morgan starts retweeting your sketches. Oh my god! Jeez, did that happen? Uh, okay, from starting with absolutely to you know to Scott Square, the difference is the viral thing. That's what's yeah. so interesting now that you suddenly wake up and the Seattle police force have got in touch. You know, going, <laughs> is there any way you can become the chief of our police? You know, I think you're the man. For the- <laughs> you know, where's this? It's just brilliant. It's oh, brilliant. that's great. People all over the world because of some viral. Clip. It's a different world now, isn't it, for that kind different of stuff? World, yeah. yeah, But I do think that's about your performance. Uh, like, as uh, you can see the guy going, oh, God, underneath yes. his <laughs> He's like, I've yeah, done it. Yeah. Oh, it's the drop. Yeah. You've achieved drop. it. Oh no! Yeah, I haven't it's the loss of status. That's the one yeah. I love about playing that character. Have you seen the one? There's one where he has to dig up a time capsule from the seventies. Oh, Have you no. seen that one? And it's just every, everything no. in it is by somebody who's now in prison for, you know, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's Gary, it takes it's Gary. Oh, remember this guy? He's the guy. Oh no, Gary! He puts it back in the, you know. Oh, this is sweet. He used to read xylophone things. Oh, what was his name? Rolf. No, Rolf Harris put that. It's a knockout. It's Stuart Hall. <laughs> and it's just one after the other these people who are in for terrible crimes but then right at the bottom he finds a wee thing of cremola foam yes we've got a cremola thank god for cremola foam <laughs> that's oh, brilliant before we go to Chesney's song there's yes. one thing I want to ask you which right. is your show tell me the title of it I know it's it's at the Gilded Balloon it's right? at the Gilded Balloon it's at Teviot in the uh, wine bar and it is called Jack Doherty, Nothing But. Uh, so nothing but being a reference, obviously, to the fact that it's uh, it's me, not characters, not Mikkelsen or anybody from Absolutely. And also nothing but, because it's a kind of riff on the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So it's about the, 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 the consequences of not telling the truth at a particular yeah. moment in your life and how that can have a ripple out right throughout oh. your life. So it's that... Those are the themes that I'm kind of mucking around with. Right? Can we see it online, Jack? Whether they're going to try and stream everything or whether they're just keeping it live, I don't, I don't know. Oh. But, um, yeah, I'll try and get it online. Or um, again, if you just never know, you you, know, you just you try these things out. If it works, yeah, I'll I'll do it elsewhere. Yeah, and, uh, come to the Hollywood Fringe. I'll come out to the Hollywood. Fringe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You might end up a personal appearance for the Seattle well, Police. Exactly. I'll go <laughs> yeah, a small tour of American special just American for them. <laughs> So Jack, um, every week we uh, we do yes. we have this little musical interlude uh, section in our yes. show, uh, where we have our fabulous guests uh, 
that's you, that's uh, you. to choose <laughs> to choose um, a song that means something to them, either a happy song or or a sad song. Yeah, and uh, and then I get to recreate it here in my studio as a little gift for you. So tell us what the song is, and then we'll play it, and then uh, we can talk about it afterwards. So what what is the song that yes. you chose? Well, sometimes it's called "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." And sometimes yeah. it's can't take my eyes off you. <laughs> uh, and so it's can't take my eyes off you. Uh, particularly, uh, I, I came to it via the Andy Williams version. But I think somebody did it before Oh, is Andy it before? Williams. I thought Andy Williams was the original. Well, as far as tonight's proceedings are concerned, we are going to have the Chesney Horse Chis- ah! version. So just Woo! for you, Jack, right. our present just for you, here is Chesney Hawks performing... Can't take my eyes off you. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I wanna hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you Pardon the way that I stare There's nothing else to compare The sight of you makes me weak There are no words left to speak But if you feel like I feel Please let me know that it's real You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you I love you, baby And if it's quite alright I need you, baby To warm the lonely night I love you, baby Trust in me when I say Oh, pretty baby Don't bring me down, I pray Oh, pretty baby Now that I've found you, stay And let me love you, baby Let me love you You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you You'd be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much At long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you I love you baby And if it's quite alright I need you baby To warm the lonely night I love you baby Trust in me when I say Oh pretty baby Don't bring me down I pray Oh pretty baby Now that I've found you Stay and let me love you baby Let me love you
if it's quite alright, I need you, baby, to warm the lonely night. I love you, baby. Trust in me when I say, Oh, pretty baby, don't bring me down. I pray, Oh, pretty baby, now that I found you, stay on. Let me love you, baby. Let me love you. That is the end. Just for you, Joe. <laughs> that was A Chesney very Hawks version, performing. Chesney, Can't you. take my eyes yeah. off you. Well done, Ches. Well done. Oh, thank very you. cinematic. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Jack, tell us about the song and why it holds a special place for you. Well, it's kind of runs through my life. Like, uh, you know, what's the stick of rock thing? It's kind of always been around. My mother was a very big uh, Andy Williams fan. And I used to always, when I was a little kid, I used to watch the Andy Williams show, you know, that was on the late 60s, I guess. So I always liked Andy Williams as well. And then she, my son, Nico, about the age of four or five, heard it and just fell in love with it. And you know, when when your kid just loves something so much, and then it became, you just, and you, all critical faculties, you know, used to dance the Macarena and suddenly I loved the Macarena because my three-year-old loved it. <laughs> yes. So yeah. you get the enemy's view on anything so he loved it and just would sing it all over and over and he would it was the song he chose to take to school because it made him happy and all this kind of stuff so that made my mum happy and the, the grand was happy the kids and then i took nico to see andy williams at the royal albert hall and he was tiny he was only like six or seven and we got a little box we would sat in one of the boxes and he just danced throughout the whole concert Aww. and all these old people were going what's with the little seven-year-old that is doing all this stuff and then andy williams was on the chat show so i get to meet andy williams wow wow tell him the story about my how much my mother loves it so then i took my mother for her 70th birthday to see andy williams again and got in touch with his management before and said could you just dedicate this song to my mum uh. So Andy goes, and this is for Joan. I can't take my eyes off of you. And in that moment, everything I'd done to her, all the horrible oh, yeah. teenage years, they don't, I, I just got all my privileges back. I'd managed <laughs> to get Andy Williams to dedicate the song. And then the final little thing is that my kids turned out to be Fulham fans because we live Oh, you poor thing. Talk about oh, resilience. Talk about resilience, exactly. <laughs> but their song is Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. So, I love you, Fulham. And if it's quite all right, I need you, Fulham. So, so <laughs> Nicky was suddenly going, hang on. You know. um, so it's just a... And then when I married uh, my, my wife, Kate, uh, who uh, we, we've been together for a very long time, but we only got married about four years ago. And then a bunch of our kids... Um, sang that and so it was all yeah it's just a you know you get a song that's just that's all throughout your life in various funny and entertaining uh, moments so it has been a resilient song it's a life. very resilient song <laughs> very very resilient i can just hear andy williams on the phone to his management going that f-ing jack Docker's getting his mileage out of that song isn't he jesus Exactly. Uh, Jack, before we let you yes. go, obviously you're here because of the Gilded yes. Balloon and the Edinburgh Fringe. This is why yeah. we're doing this show. So um, just a couple of things about the wonderful Katie Corrin and Karen Corrin yes. and the Gilded Balloon and what they mean to you. Because obviously you've yeah, known them yeah. for a while, They mean right? a lot to me. And, um, you know, I, it's been so tough, really, for the live performance and, and people yeah. who work in theatre behind yeah. the, the scenes as well. I mean, some people got furloughed, other people just got laid off. It just... 
off a cliff, you know, that was it. Yeah. People had to find yeah. new jobs yeah. somehow to survive. So even though it's a, you know, cutback fringe and it's, you know, distance audiences still, you know, um, I, as soon as I heard that there was going to be one, I thought I just got to do something at it because I just wanted mm. to uh, throw my hat in the ring and hopefully, we kind of don't know what it's going to be like, but I think people will just be really up for it. I think people will be want to get out, you know, and it's it's yeah. going to be a safe environment. It's still going to be distance yeah. and it's, there's going to be ventilation and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, but Katie and Karen, yeah, they've just, you know, they, it's amazing what they've done to, 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 to keep that place going and all. I, you know, it grew up into this massive thing and then it retracted. It's going to grow back up again. So we just get through so this too. year and, you know, hopefully next year it'll be back to, it'll be back to the festival yeah. that we all complain about going, it's far too big. <laughs> it's <laughs> too many bloody people. It's no good, you know. <laughs> this is going to be like, again, like, it's going to be 700 shows. It's uh, going to be, you know. You know, um, I'm so jealous, actually. I The thing that I love. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to go, actually. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, the thing that I love about Edinburgh and the festival and stuff like that, and like hearing what your show is and everything, that one of the things that always makes it worthwhile, all this uh, sweatiness and the overcrowdedness and the overdrinking, is that um, you just go into a room and to see something that you don't really know what it is, and yeah. then it's just like this piece of magic, and you're Completely. like, holy hell, you know, yeah. it like um, oh. I wish yeah. I was coming to see you, Jack. I do. Ah, I'm excited. Well, next time. We love uh, you, Jack Doherty. Well, I love you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having Jack, me. Jack, because of the format of the show, we, we don't really give our guests an introduction. Yeah. Cool. We just sort cool. of pick up the conversation. So what we can do is just at least give you an average outro, seeing as you haven't had yes. an intro. So, Jack Doherty, thank oh. you so much. Thank you, Jack. A pleasure meeting we you. We really yeah, nice appreciate you. it. Nice to meet you. Actor, writer, comic. Chat show guy, you. all around. The sexy Santa. And great <laughs> luck yeah, with Santa. the show. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, good all luck right. with the show. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. So Pleasure. Thank you. How lovely was that? I was just, I was thinking to myself we was, as we were saying goodbye, that was just like sitting around a dinner table chatting yeah. mm. with a mate about old times, wasn't it? What a lovely man. Lovely. I bloody love mm. him. You know, fabulous. he's one of those guys, right? He's, he's one of those guys that when, you know, like, you have that with friends where, I'm not saying he's not friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's not, I don't know him, Sorry, like, Jack. super, super well. Right? I've made him a quiche. Right? Made him made quiche. quiche. But he's one of those people which, and it's something that I really love about him, that every time you meet him, you just carry on the conversation like mm. you just met him two yes. minutes ago. He's that guy. And it yeah. doesn't really matter what he's Completely. doing. I yeah. felt like I already knew him. He's just oh. one of those, yeah, just lovely, lovely, easy to talk to, yeah. just really funny as well. Yeah, really <laughs> smart. Hilarious and, guy. But also, you know. not, not, I wouldn't say like humble, but just like, yeah. just like a really decent human. You know yeah. what I mean? Decent, talented human. Who it knew that all that comes together? Makes you feel cosy. Yeah. yeah, you know, sexy Santa. Sexy Santa. <laughs> but no, you mentioned the word humble, and I thought that when um, um, when Jack was talking about uh, Graham Norton going up for the uh, mm. being allowed the award, and it was his show, and he just kind of shrugged yeah. his shoulders, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I thought hey, that's quite. That was an interesting um, talent. Although I think, he has a lovely bloke as well, actually, Graham Norton. Oh, like, he fantastic. is a proper fantastic. lovely bloke, too. Yeah. So, I guess it's like when you get two lovely blokes going like that, oh, you take it. No, you yeah. take it. No, yeah. you take it. No, you <laughs> no, take you it. do it. 
bet it must be a nightmare in a restaurant working out who pays the bill. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long night, <laughs> I'll isn't do it? it? I'll do it, you do it. No. <laughs> right. But a testament to obviously his personality. They said they, they've had that production company, those guys have been working together, what, for 30 plus years? I've made many of them, Quiche, just so you know. <laughs> many of those absolutely guys have tasted my Quiche. I think Neil might be feeling a bit left out, to be Can honest. Can I have a knitted but, one in the post? A knitted quiche in the post. I don't know how tasty it will be. What would you want a knitted quiche for? You're moving house. Where are you going to put a knitted quiche? I could could give it to the removal people. They might like a little (laughs) snack halfway through. By the way, it's made of wool. (laughs) All right, time to wrap things up, I'm afraid then, team. Um, We hope... (laughs) We hope... You listeners have enjoyed the show as much as we have. If only I knew what was funny and what had set them off, it would be it, it would be good. But... Oh, good. <laughs> hey Neil, Neil, what show yeah. are we on? Come on, answer right now. This what show is it? Season two. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Episode four or five. <laughs> Join us next week, people, because for the last of our Edinburgh Fringe specials, when we will be joined by comedian Zoe Lyons. Ah. I lo- don't you love her? I love oh, her. Well, I have a little bit of confession to make because obviously I've been oh. um, chatting with Zoe. I'm just um, setting tech stuff up uh. so that we can connect and do this next week. I'm kind of falling in love with her. Oh, you have a crush? Yeah. 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 She is gorgeous. Mm. She's easy she's, to fall in love with. She's hilarious. She really and Can't wait. She's stolen yeah. my heart. I'm really looking forward to Zoe next week. So, yeah. Oh, Neil. Look yeah. at that. He'll remember that episode, won't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, until then, I've been Lynn Ferguson. He's been Neil Harrington. He has been Chesney Hawks. And we are all definitely a bit mental. You've been listening to We Are All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Produced and edited for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Ches and Brandon. <laughs>